Over. Well, thank you so far. We've got a handful of emails which should get Steve going a treat. Good morning, Mr. Fox. Good morning, and Kong Hei Pat Choi. And all that. All that stuff. Yeah. It's that time of the year, you know. It is indeed. How was your holiday? Nice and quiet. Lovely, lovely. Absolutely. Um, Macau got I'm, it. I, I'm the biggest fan of Chinese New Year, <laughs> bar none. Oh, well um, Do little and um, just, just, just relax. Well, it does seem to be that way. There was a swathe of people in Macau, and I think basically in some of the more rural areas like your gaff, yeah, there probably were, was very, there were Cy- some... Cycle was very busy, yeah. um, and, you know, even the country park was very busy, which, I, I mean, you know, I kind of regard it as my back garden, so I don't really like all these people. They? But I've got to admit that, on the other hand, I think it's quite good. I mean, I like to see people making use of the country park right. rather than the home you cook having plans to destroy it. And pulling out the number four stick with the whole <laughs> list of what, what Hong Kong has to do. Yes, yes. Well, I, well, as you know, I um, when I see... wasn't rigged at all, that. Nice, Mr. Mr. Wong uh, telling us what to do. I always snap to attention and uh, do the opposite. Well done. So where do you want to start today? Well, um, you know, this is, this is a big moment in Hong Kong's diplomatic history today. Well, actually... Um, yesterday, or was it the day before? Nobody really knows. But one of these days was a big moment in Hong Kong's diplomatic history because Hong Kong, for the first time, imposed sanctions on another country. Well, it wasn't another country because Hong Kong's not a country. But anyway, never mind. Let's not say anybody's confused about this. Act now. So, um, obviously, what I'm talking about is the Philippines. Um, if, If there's anybody listening hello um and was listening last week you you remember that i offered a bet of many thousands of dollars as to whether these sanctions that the hong kong government was going to impose would have the slightest effect in uh achieving its objective which is to get the philippine government to apologize for this terrible (coughs) disaster with the uh, people who were killed on the bus in manila three and a half or is it almost four years ago now well you know guess what's happened exactly the opposite positions have hardened on all sides yeah um i heard my my one of my really most favorite politicians <laughs> on the radio yesterday so it must have been true in fact on this very station regina Ips saying oh well you know even even uh, president aquino's own legislators are against him oh dear regina you just don't understand how democratic systems work it was members of the opposition party who are criticizing him do you know what this is what opposition parties do what are they used to call them was it the the, the loyal was it the loyal opposition the or? loyal opposition or something so you you are you are um you you are um barking up the wrong street. you're barking up the wrong strasser as well yeah. so yes it is indeed true that members of the opposition are opposing the philippines president you could more or less hold the front page on that one yep um, but now we see, now we see that uh, she, among others, are saying, oh, well, you know, these sanctions might not work. So um, if at first you fail with something really stupid, the answer obviously is to do something even more stupid. So she is among those who are saying, oh, well, now we've got to think of other sanctions. Well, the one sanction, of course, well, the, yeah, go on. That, that she doesn't want is the ghastly thought that, that Filipino domestic helpers yes. will be banned because, you know, I mean, well, I, I, honestly, this is... This is too terrible to contemplate, but can you imagine? This may mean people washing their own dishes. Yeah, forget about that. Ironing their own shirts. Yeah. 
and turning talking. that cupboard back into what is it? A cupboard. A cupboard. Yes, talking to their own babies, changing their nappies. I mean, God, these are human Just rights stop, violations. Stop right there. I know, I know. It's too early in the morning to to worry people. So she says, "Oh yeah, but there's loads of other Filipinos we could impose sanctions." Musicians. on. Musicians. Musicians. Yes, she did sing loud musicians. I like that. Yes, those jazz musicians in particular playing coloured people's music. Jazz. Gosh, gosh, we must have those people sent right I home see. straight away. Yeah. Honestly, you know, you, you, uh, <laughs> it's, it's hard to know where to begin and it's certainly very easy to know where to stop with Regina Rip and, uh, and people who, who, who think like her. But uh, what's really shameful, of course, is that uh, there's uh, a little band of people both also in the Democratic camp who seem to be sensible on other issues who've joined this, this level of, of lunacy um over the philippines and what is i mean but but you know they, they seem to have lost sight of what the objective is the objective is to get president um aquino to say i'm sorry he's not going to well, he, he ain't he, he said he said you know i sort of i was thinking you know this that but you know i'm really appalled by this and i'm certainly now not going to say anything and do you know what the majority of people in the country if you believe opinion polls Say so, yeah, yeah. You stick to your guns, boy. We're not, we're not, uh, we're not kowtowing to these idiots in Hong Kong. So Hong Kong has achieved an own goal. It's been made to look stupid, and it won't achieve the stated objective. So the solution is: uh, this system isn't working. Um, we'll, 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 we'll try and make it even more more stupid. Honestly, I, I, I think there must be a sense of madness in the air. Well, isn't the obvious thing to address? I mean, you know. The, the issue of domestic helpers, and it has got some very illogical knock-ons, but they are they are there, we're talking they about. They are most but, definitely but there. I mean, that we're talking with the other in the week that this poor woman from the from Indonesia who was who was very badly assaulted, allegedly by her employer, she was most certainly assaulted by someone, Somebody. I don't think yeah. it came out of the air, has managed to stumble out of hospital after staying there for a month. This is what happens in Hong Kong today, this kind of treatment. We, we now saw... Uh, it's on, in fact, on the front page of the South China Morning Post, that the um, plan to import domestic helpers from Burma, or Myanmar as it's called this week, um, <clears throat> will involve them having to pay $16,000 to the one agency that's licensed to bring them in. So the government's clearly sat back and learned... Who has to pay sixteen grand? The, the, the workers themselves. But surely they're coming here to earn a bit of money. Yeah, yeah, well, they're not going to earn as much as they're going to earn. And that's going to mean dodgy loans and stuff at that end. That's going to be dodgy loans at that end. That's going to be an agency that says, you pay us off the money before we talk to you about anything else. Yeah. So... All the lessons that might possibly, vaguely, even marginally have been learnt from this terrible episode with, with the Indonesian domestic worker are, oh, well, yeah, we are, we're, 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 let, oh, I tell you what, let's ignore them. So what happens now? I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, as matters stand, this is still the sole agency, um, given the authority to import or, or arrange the importation of domestic helpers from, from Burma. And... Um, they were quoted in the paper saying, oh, you know, $16,000 is quite reasonable. Mm -hmm. um, we're, we're happy with that. I mean, honestly, it beggars belief that the government, on the one hand, actually comes out every now and again and says, oh, you know, bashing people up is, 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 is really just not right. But um, let's... Well, watch that space, by let, the way. Well, watch that space. But let's not deal with the underlying lying causes of why the system leads to this kind of abuse. Because, you know, frankly, that's just so difficult.
Let's turn to some stuff from Scott, who writes in. He said, your, your chat with Steve last week was prescient. Albert Chan... He said, I, I don't know about this next bit. He says, Albert Chan proposes to block Philippine... It says electronics. I, I don't know. I'm not sure what that's about. Either, anyway, but I mean, anyway, yeah. the big issue. He said, we know the answer to the question, does Albert really think before he opens his mouth, says Scott, but this is worth... This is really taking the icing from the cake. He said, yesterday on Backchat, uh, he admitted it would cost jobs, but was worth it for justice. However, does he understand just how damaging his proposal is? A great way to destroy investor and trading companies' confidence in Hong Kong. His proposal would destroy Hong Kong's freeport status, violate WTO obligations, etc. The disappointment is how the government is failing to point out the insanity and seems, and seems craven and mindless. Well, I mean, let's start at the beginning of that email where, where, where he's quoting Albert Chan as saying this is for justice. Well, I, I'm sorry, I just don't get this. I mean, let's be absolutely clear what happened is that um, these very unfortunate Hong Kong tourists were killed and some of them were badly injured um, in an attack by a lone gunman on a bus in Manila. That was extremely, extremely bad. The person who was, at the time, the mayor of um, Manila, Alfredo Lim, who is no longer the mayor of um, Manila, behaved appallingly and clearly um, uh, was responsible for a rescue operation that went very badly wrong. Alfredo Lim is now out of the picture, although I saw he was quoted in the paper today as saying there's nothing to apologise for. However, his successor as mayor of Manila, Metro Manila, who is the former president, um, Erap Estrada, has in, in fact apologised. He is the right person to apologise. This was something that was bungled in the Manila municipality. And the person who's now taken up the reins says, look, I'm really sorry for this. This was very bad. So having President Aquino also saying, I'm very sorry for this. It's very bad. I, It just doesn't make any sense to me why that is going to ease the pain of people who've lost relatives of people who are injured uh, now they have a conversation and this is where things get even more stupid they were having negotiations about compensation because um, you know how things have a habit of coming down to money and they were they were running along i don't know whether they were running along smoothly or not smoothly but they were certainly running along until the Hong Kong government said, oh, well, you, you know, we're fed up, you haven't apologised, therefore we're going to impose sanctions. So now what you have is waiting for this apology that's not going to happen and the negotiations on compensation are no longer taking place. So at any level, this is bonkers. Now what they're saying, and I'm not quite sure what Scott's talking about with the electronics um, uh, embargo, but they are definitely there is a lot of political pressure for further sanctions on the Philippines and as he rightly points out a lot of the measures that have been suggested are more damaging to Hong Kong by a mile than they are to the Philippines so you know, if you want to kick yourself in your own ghoulies here would be a way to do it. They have business implications, the things Scott's business talking implications, about. Business um, implications. There's also the whole, whole, much wider issue of whether Hong Kong is going to become a laughing stock in the international community. But more importantly, within the, the 
Asian world, and you know that's where we live. We, I mean, I'm not very, very worried about what they think of us in Wagadougou, but I am slightly worried about what people think of us in Bangkok, in 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 Manila, in Kuala Lumpur, etc., etc., mm. because these are people we have very close relationships and have physical proximity to. Yeah. So you know, um, it was very interesting, incidentally. When uh, Regina If on the radio was asked last night, well, would you have the same response? Would you be calling for the same sanctions if some of these things had happened in the United States? And she boldly said, different question. Well, actually, it's a pretty reasonable question in my mind. And um, have Hong Kong tourists been killed in the United States? The answer, unfortunately, is yes. Have they been killed on on the Chinese mainland? actually in much greater numbers under even worse circumstances because unfortunately they've involved more deaths did we see president xi jinping sending a note of apology down here to say you know i'm i'm very sorry it's happened uh, oh that's right no is the answer but you know somehow some idiot in government another bunch of idiots in hong kong political parties seem to think that the philippines is a soft target and they can flex their muscles and sound all great by by bashing the Philippines, boy. But you haven't bashed them though. Well, I they, mean, this, well, this diplomatic you, thing is you, not a bash at all. Well, you, you know, this is this is this is the kid in the playground saying, "If you if you're not nice to me, I'm going to hit myself. I am. I'm going to hit myself." I tell you what, you summed it up brilliantly. I think it was when we just finished last week. You said, "Well, look, here's the deal. If the minister for works from Quezon City wants to come here, he's got to apply for a visa." Yeah. 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 Or he's got to use his other non-official passport. Yeah. So he doesn't have to apply for a visa. So it's, it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's complete nonsense. It well, really is. Well, here's the deal. I mean, the idea was to make a point. That point has not been made. Well, in the big picture, not it, even vaguely, right? Not so, but vaguely. then there's still going to be there's, there's still going to yeah. be an undercurrent to well, really show. Well, what, what you now have is um, not you, you know is is and I've got to use the technical expression for this a mess. It's a total mess. Yeah. And and anybody who can read and write knows there's not... You know, lots of messes. It's not quite clear what will come out the other end. But one thing is clear. Hong Kong's going to come out badly from this. So surely the people who are in charge of the government and the people who are in political parties who think that there's political capital to be made out of this should now sit back and ask themselves, are they happy with having achieved a situation where Hong Kong's going to come out badly? I would assume that they're not happy with that but uh, i don't see any physical manifestation of their unhappiness the obvious thing to do to tackle something like this if you really wanted to go for it is to do what everybody's thinking but not saying which is stop domestic helpers coming from the philippines and why and the thing is we've got it sorted we've got this great big fund for local domestic helpers do we need them well yeah i mean you know that it's a money where mouth is yeah well that's not going to happen that's not going to happen because but we have got that fun. We, well, we we. Uh, I mean, you know, that's not going to happen. I, I, you know, I think the 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 only the only solution at the moment, um, and this is apparently called blue sky thinking. The only solution at the moment is for the Hong Kong government to say we're we're very upset with the Philippines. We're drawing a line under this, and we're moving on. <laughs> Girls Aloud and the Loving Kind. It's Auntie HK Radio 3, just after 20 to 11 this Thursday morning. And uh, still in with Steve Vines. I've got an email from Alan just to wrap this one up. 
He says the actions of Hong Kong politicians in this apologize for the bus massacre affair makes no sense logically. It seems to only be an expression of racism. Chinese wanting the brown-skinned servants to grovel, to literally kowtow as foreigners were supposed to do in Imperial China. Similarly, various Chinese groups keep beating on Japan to get it to apologize for its actions in the Second World War. Japan has apologized repeatedly, but they want it to keep doing so over and over. And the Diaoyu nutcases who claim uninhabited rocks in the middle of the ocean as part of the inviolable motherland. Uh, th this jingoism, says Alan, is naturally provoking the nationalists on other sides to respond likewise. It's a very disturbing as this attitude is what is found in the run-up to every major war. Demonise the foreigners, magnify disputes rather than resolve them, look for any pretext to take offence. Yeah, I mean, that's quite a litany of things there. I, I, I would just slightly take issue um, with the uh, comments about the Japanese, because in fact... Um, Japan, uh, But you see it's all being lumped in. Oh, I do. Yes, yeah. I understand where he's going with this. But I think that Japan, unlike Germany, that really has been fulsome in its uh, attempt to uh, come to terms with the Nazi regime, I think um, Japan is still having difficulties with this. I mean, these visits by uh, Premier Abe. Abe to go to the Yasukuni Shrine in my view, are unnecessarily provocative. It is quite clear that there are war criminals buried there. Among others, I know there's people who aren't war criminals buried there, but, you know, if you want to make a point that Japan is coming to terms with its wartime past, and, and what was indeed aggression, I mean, let's not dress it up too nicely, um, you have to do something, and, and Japan just has a great amount of difficulty with this. But not least because, of course, it's the same imperial family still um, serving as head of state as Japan, uh, of Japan as there was during the war. Not least because a lot of the people who were war criminals were part of the Japanese elite. Not least because the Japanese army um, was never thoroughly reformed, mainly because the Americans didn't want to thoroughly reform it when they occupied Japan after the war, etc., etc. So my, my point isn't, I don't fundamentally disagree with Alan, but I do think that in the case of Japan, there is a bit of half a dozen of one and half a dozen of the other. They talked about this on Backchat this morning. Some One of the listeners pointed out that sort of just down the road, if you like, is the Chidori Gofuchi Cemetery, which is for the unknown soldier. Yeah. And they say, well, why doesn't Abe go there? He's doing it to sort of pay lip service indeed to indeed indeed you know and, and you know japan suffered horrendous losses after the bombing of hiroshima and nagasaki i mean you know unfortunately wars don't come nice clean cut you they know, certainly don't. bad guys good guys this is all right that's not all right it, it's a complex mixture he's saying that a lot of the grandstanding often happens before a big conflict though I well think that's this, the is, this is the danger i mean you've got an increasingly nationalist and aggressive attitude in tokyo mirrored by an increasingly nationalist and aggressive attitude in beijing this is not good Mm. Uh, I'm not saying that that's going to result in a full-scale war. I think we're very far from that. But, you know, all the atmospherics are, are really not heading in the direction you want them to be heading. You've got it. Well, any more emails, it's morningbrew at rthk.hk or find us on Facebook. Change of topic here. Richard wrote me a little one yesterday. It says, Emily Lau, heroine and martyr for good causes. But does it indicate a wider issue which might warrant the question, is Hong Kong becoming very unsettled? Well, I think what he's talking about, uh, just to remind us, because it was also in, in the bulletin that we've just been listening to, was that yesterday um, the Democratic Party's leaders pledged themselves to support Occupy Central. And during that event, 
members of, I, I, as far as I know, People's Power were heckling them and one of them threw something at Emily Lau. Um, you know, let's not get too overblown about this. We don't know it's what it was, like, why it happened, well, how it happened, she do wasn't, we? I, I'm pleased to say she wasn't badly injured. Right. I certainly don't, don't want that sort of thing happening. But, I mean, you, you know, and her view, which was expressed in the bulletin just now, is that these people have absented themselves from the Democratic camp. So don't say that uh, there are splits in the Democratic camp. That's a bit disingenuous because, obviously, they do come from the Democratic camp. But it is quite clear that the pro-democracy side of the fence now is divided between a rather small, let's not um, forget this, a rather small extremist element that, that, that believes that action is an end in itself. I mean, they don't say that, but that's how they behave. Mm. And a much wider, broader, more broadly based uh, body of, of pro-democratic opinion, which, you know in my view, is is certainly not committed to this kind of violent action, doesn't believe that, that you know, no opportunity, no opportunity is too small for a demonstration, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I think the problem here is, and, and this is something that's kind of been at the back of my mind for a while, is that the kind of temperature, kind of temperature, why do I say it? The temperature is is rising in Hong Kong. You've got in the pro-government camp, people now who are in favour of um, physical assaults on their opponents. You've got people on the fringes of the democratic movement who are similarly minded. Now, it's always true that, that the worst things come out of the extremes of movements. They don't come out of the broad body of people. And it does seem to me, and we can't really ignore it, we can't be too complacent about it, that as long as you've got people in both of these movements who want to resort to violent action, there is a danger. And it will be exploited very badly mm. by people with, with political agendas that are not very pleasant. We're talking on the surface about various random things this morning, mm. but there is a thread. It just somehow all links together and it's not pleasant. You know, it, it, it's brewing up, as as Alan says in his uh, yeah. In his I email. mean, the, 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 you know, if if um, if the conclusion that people draw from listening to all of this is that politics in Hong Kong is heading in nasty and um, bad direction, um, I think that's a pretty reasonable conclusion. Yeah. I mean, it's very unfortunate that that you know um, you you have a government that is so detached from the people. I mean, you've never had, well, we've only had three chief executives, but you've never had of those three a chief executive as unpopular as the current one. You haven't quite had the situation before where the government is so widely despised and seen as an enemy of the people it's supposed to serve. So the whole environment is kind of poison at the moment. And in, in a poisonous environment, it's always the extremists who do best. I, I find that pretty worrying there's been lots of muckraking accusing officials of uh, you know well corruption basically lots of things have come well, to there the has actually yeah. been actual corruption and they have. cases i mean one of the things that you 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 know one always has to remember about hong kong is at least these correct cases have come to light and you, you know even uh people at secretary level within the government ha have been brought to justice um, there's a very big case still pending against um, Raphael Hoy, who was the number three in government. So, you know, I mean... Just say that again, like, very clearly. Yes, number three in government. You know, he was a very... And, and he was a very big, um, prominent fixture 
in the governing elite of Hong Kong for a very long period. Now, I hasten to say that case hasn't come to fruition. We don't know whether he is guilty as charged. But we do know that the judicial process is in motion and he will come to trial. So, I mean, this is the positive of that side. I'm always trying to find the odd little positive sneaking in. Sometimes it's very hard, but but the um, independence of the judiciary just seem to be something that we've got to be really, really vigilant about ensuring it survives. Well, the thing that's hanging out there now is the concept, because it's only a concept, of Occupy Hong Kong. And I've just had another email from Scott, it's quite long, but basically saying that there's a worry that groups like Falun Gong might get involved because, or, or, or various organised you know, uh, anti-China groups because the threat of the, the fear of religion outweighs many other things to, to the Chinese government. Well, I mean, that, you know, I, I believe that Occupy Central is very problematic and it is vulnerable because it's an open and, you know, sort of, they're, they're sort of nice people who aren't organising a, 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 a police it's state. It's renter crowds that but, are but, screwing. But, but I was going to say, but it is vulnerable to intervention oh, from people whose... Who's, central purpose is not the same as that of the organisers. And they can lose control of the situation. Now, uh, whether that um, occurs in a direction of all, all which we hear from the usual idiots, you know, oh, this means economic loss of Hong Kong of untold squillions of dollars, I rather doubt. But what I do think is the real danger, because, you know, I'm somebody who believes that Hong Kong ought to have more democracy, I think the real danger is that it will alienate people who are natural supporters of a more democratic society in Hong Kong. And that, I think, is a very damaging and worrying development. And people need to think about that. All right. I want to go back to the news item yesterday about this event where uh, Emily got got, uh, bashed on the head. head, Yeah. Um, In our news, it said there was a heavy police presence in Statue Square, but officers did not step in when the Democratic Party event was being disrupted. Albert Ho accused the police of not doing enough to maintain order. Now, we weren't there, but this accusation is coming back and back and back. Well, it comes back to a theme that we've discussed before on this programme, which is that you seem to have a very highly politicised head of the police force at the moment somebody who seems to have a very selective view of what are the duties of the officers under his command. And that selective view doesn't seem to extend towards encouraging peaceful protest. On the contrary, um, you know, under the current chief of police, marches have been, you know, corralled into smaller and smaller spaces various acts of provocation from the police side have of course been met by acts of provocation from the demonstrators side but the idea that the police force which is the idea that should be correct is an even-handed administer of the law rather than a partisan participant in the debate on on behalf of the government is being whittled away i mean if it indeed it is true that, that this event was being disrupted and the police stood by, even when physical attacks were taking place, that's actually pretty bad. Well, the videos I, I, will I, surface today yeah, if you yeah, check out YouTube. We'll, we'll or... see, we'll see. But, I mean, it is... Um, it does all seem to have a piece. There is a genuine... Uh, sorry, genuine... There's a gradual um, shift in the, in the way that policing of protest is being undertaken under this police chief. And I don't think that enough warning signals can be sort of floated 
before people realise that this is this is going to be very damaging to Hong Kong. Mm. Well, fill me in on Occupy Central. When's it supposed to be again? Well, it's not clear. I mean, they, they, there was vague um, there was vague discussion that it would would happen in October, but we don't know exactly when. I mean, you, you know, they they also are constrained by not knowing when the government will announce its own proposals for constitutional reform. That's also not clear. But I think what is increasingly clear is, is that Occupy Central has one plan and it doesn't have a fallback plan. The one plan is, if we don't like the proposals the government comes forward with, we will Occupy Central. They say, and this is very clear, is Occupy Central is an act of civil disobedience. And quite clearly people will be arrested. OK, and then what? And I keep asking these people, then what? And the problem It's always with, the way, though, isn't it? Well, it is always the way, but, you the know, I think paragraph. you need to be a bit more strategic in your thoughts. And the problem with Occupy Central, the reason really why I don't like it, uh, and I've been thinking about this quite a lot, because initially I thought it was a good idea, but I now think the real reason I don't like it is that it defines itself as an activity for minority participation. It's only people... And you could say they're very brave and honourable, but it's only people who are prepared to be arrested who will take part in Occupy Central. And they've said Central. they will be. They've yes. Said yeah. But there are many, many, literally hundreds and thousands of more people in Hong Kong who will support the aims of Occupy Central, but will not, because for all sorts of reasons, quite understandable, don't want to um, suffer the risks of arrest, yeah. who will not participate. So what you're doing is saying, we are going to create a minority and elite movement which has only one plan, no backup plan will not attract the sort of numbers to fulfil the potential of the uh, of the uh, pro democracy movement in Hong Kong. I just think that's a very bad idea. Mm. Well, there was that ruse going. Well, there was a story going round about PLA wearing coppers uniforms. <laughs> no, well, you well, I, I don't I, know if I it's nonsense. That or story. But I've got a question, or, or Steve. Wearing, or, 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 or attending events wearing civvies, you know, not wearing any uniforms. That's probably more like it. I mean, they'd stand out mm. a mile six-foot blokes with dodgy yeah, haircuts. Yeah, yes. But the thing is this, Steve, and if there's any crushers listening, perhaps they can fill me in. I thought that impersonating a police officer was an offence in Hong Kong. Do you know what? There is, a, there is a law about that. 